over the years that I've been investing in real estate, whether it was an up market, a down market, it didn't make any difference. Sideways market, they always outperformed every other asset class that I've ever looked at. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high octane boost of full on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips and Heather Marchant here. Happy Monday. How about those Chiefs? Yeah. Come on, I know, I know. You may be in the car right now, a Philadelphia fan. I kind of a little bit feel bad for you, but I just got over it. Go Chiefs. I'm super <laughs> pumped about their victory. Yeah, I knew you would be. And I think I think sports are so interesting that way, how you have camaraderie with people who cheer for the same team and get excited. It's so fascinating to me. You know, and I think most people can watch that or any other game, even if you're cheering for the other team, and you can watch and appreciate the incredible ability. Yeah. Of, of all the players, really. I mean, they're, you don't get to the Super Bowl unless you're top tier. Both quarterbacks, top tier. Patrick Mahomes, I think, is the best quarterback ever. And I think that, well, it's already proven that he's beaten almost every any everything he could by this time in a career. He's beaten all the records. Well, I think what fascinates me more, maybe it's that I'm now like middle-aged, is watching them fall and get like hammered and then just... Pop them right back up. I know they have padding and all, but like, what? Or like Mahomes. I mean, I'm a Chiefs fan, but go with me for just a second. The guy comes into the game hurt, mm. gets hurt pretty badly. I mean. I heard they were going after it, too. I thought his high ankle sprain when he got tackled, he was running, and he got tackled. I didn't know if he was coming back to the game. That's how much pain was on that guy's face. And then I think they found Mr. Miyagi in the locker room because when he came out it was as if no problem and i saw the pain on that guy's face right after that hit and i was i was like man i, I don't know if he's coming back and then he comes back not only does he come back but he runs again <laughs> i mean he just plays some, kind of pain. Of some superpowers what i think you can take some of those things and you can translate them into we can translate them into our lives we all have pain we all have things that we have to work through and to be able to do it on that kind of a level, that's what separates the great from the mediocre in business. That's the way that it is. Now, on the other hand, Heather, I don't remember if I texted you like on Sunday or if it was Monday about all of these gurus. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was laughing. Now, I didn't comment on any of these posts because I just didn't really have the energy. But this was hysterical. <laughs> I don't know how many people that I saw who were like, well, I don't even know the Super Bowl was happening. Okay, well, it happens every year. So BS, you knew that the Super Bowl was happening. Well, well and everything, everything, everywhere you go. Like if you go to the grocery store, it's like Super Bowl. Such BS. In addition to that, I don't even know what teams. Okay, maybe you don't know what teams. And maybe you don't care about the NFL. That's fine. Yeah. But it was the next stuff that really made me laugh. Because I don't care if you don't like, I don't like college football at all. So people talk about that all the time and I'm clueless. Don't care. I literally don't care. Don't ever watch any of it. Yeah. Don't watch the NBA. I don't watch I don't watch things I don't like. I happen to love not even the NFL, the Chiefs. I watch a game every week, one game, and it's the Chiefs game. That's it. On the bye week, I don't watch any football because the Chiefs aren't playing. The funniest part of this was 
all of these gurus, they're saying the reason they're successful is because they're not watching the Super Bowl and they're closing deals and whatever they're doing. And I'm, and then like multiple posts, these guys talking about how if you care about the Super Bowl more than you do about your goals, that's your problem in life is that you care about the NFL as if it's some kind of a badge of honor that you are taking time on a Sunday to close a deal. I was a little bit dumbfounded and not that there was one, but there was like a ton of these gurus out there mm-hmm. telling all of their followers. And then I read through some of the comments and the comments were like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. But they're closing <laughs> deals. <laughs> well, it's just like showing your hand and not realizing what's in your hand. You know what I mean? Like saying, look at what I've done that I'm so focused on my goals or money and vision of your dreams that in a lot of ways, it sounds like you could be shortchanging yourself on your dreams. I mean, it's a weekend. I couldn't help but think to myself, you are so successful because that that's what you're portraying to everybody is that you are wildly successful and you're so wildly successful. Why the hell are you still working yeah. As many hours a week as you're working. And why in the hell are you bragging about it? Yeah. I would have been way more impressed if you said, hey, I don't care about the Super Bowl because I don't watch the NFL. And I just closed a deal, but I didn't do any of the work. I just got a text from my team. They just closed yeah. a deal. Yeah. And I texted them all back and said, what the hell are you doing working on Sunday? Yeah. Yeah, go spend time uh, with your family. <laughs> I, I would have been way more impressed if you said, "Man, like I, I right now I'm choosing to um, spend time with my family instead of the Super Bowl because I worked a total of 15 hours last week and it was 15 hours I didn't have with my family because the rest of the time I was spending with my friends and my family, and I made two or three times what I did last year working way less." Yeah. Now you have my attention. Now I actually want to listen to what you have to say. I do not understand the mentality of the people who follow gurus who say you have to work your literal face off yeah, and that you have to continue to do that even after you have the success that supposed guru has. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. I literally don't understand it. I don't get it. What's left, right? I mean, we talked about this a couple weeks ago that I grew up with my dad traveling a lot and working around the clock and commuting. And so he would be gone. He'd like wake us up and we'd do some family scripture study together before he left. So we would wake up before seven is what I recall, get ready for school. My dad would be gone. Then he'd get home around seven o'clock. So it was like a 12 hour day. And at that time in my life, I was like almost bedtime, right? Like we'd have dinner and I'd be getting ready for bed. And like, my father says like, that's his greatest regret, you know, is, is not really being present and working his face off. He did really, really well. My dad did super well, but like there's eight of us kids. And I think in a lot of ways, that's a regret for him, you know? So I think to go around and shout from the rooftops that you're working around the clock and that that should be everyone's aspiration is pretty telling and kind of disappointing. (laughs) When you start a business, you do 
you do have to work like that to some degree. If you don't, you're probably not going to succeed. But there's a mm -hmm. point at which you've made enough money that you can start to hire a team around you so that you don't have to do that anymore. And I literally do not understand why it is that mm -hmm. it's a badge of honor to work that many hours. I do not get it. I will never understand it. Back when I was doing that, Heather, you, you were around back when I was doing that. I didn't like it back then. I remember coming up with an idea and telling my partner at the time, we should do this online. We reach way more people and I don't have to travel all the time. I could actually be home, be with my family. It was kind of a no-go. I mean, it was, we had to keep doing the Ron show all over the freaking place. And I made a conscious decision that I didn't want to do that anymore. But when I started over again with basically nothing, the first year I had to work, I had to work like that because I had to make the money to be able to hire the people. I had to work like an animal yeah. for that year, but I did that with the intention of building something where I didn't have to continually do that. And hopefully so that my team doesn't have to continually do that. Right. Yeah. I just do not get it. And there are so many of them out there and I listen to these people and they talk about the more, I guess, advanced gurus that they listen to who are all spewing basically the same thing. And then I watch these people's family families like blow up. They lose their families mm -hmm. over this ridiculous concept that you have to continually work yourself to death. It's it's unbelievable. And on Super Bowl Sunday, I sat there and I, I just I was laughing. And at the same time, I was like, man, I really feel bad. I really feel bad for you. If that's what you think life is about, I really feel bad for you. Yeah. I think the having a vision and living that vision, you know, and having a team, I think that's a perfect segue to something that I was thinking about too, Ron, is that we have this awesome team. When I talk to people about the volume of business that we do and how many clients we help, we have a pretty, pretty compact team. Yeah. There's not a ton of us on the team that are moving a ton of volume of business and helping a lot of people. And one thing that we decided to do, and in some ways it's really, really helpful for growth as well is to, well, not in some ways in all the ways is to have everyone on board with that same vision, right. And have, have everyone want to have a vision for their families. And so this past week we put together a two day, pretty long. It was like, two days, two hours. So like an eight hour training for our team. And we literally went from start to finish of our process from the client's perspective. Like they first interact with us. This is what happens. Then, you know, they decide to purchase a rental property. This is what happens. And then after they close, this is what happens. And we did a couple breakout sessions because Zoom has some cool features that you can do some breakout sessions. I didn't know about them for a while. So little plug for that. It's super awesome. But we even did some role playing and things like that. And it was really, I heard, I had great feedback. A lot of it wasn't earth shattering information for the team. They knew a lot of the information. It was just reiterating, this is who we are. This is how we do things. This is our process. And all of that groundwork allowing you as the owner, Ron, to live your vision, right? And to be able to spend time with your family. And myself, that's kind of where 
I've been like, I'm so driven and so task oriented that my only time I let myself take a break is when I'm on vacation, which is why I plan vacations probably more than the normal person, because that's the only time I allow myself to really unplug and have fun because I'm just, that's just how my brain is wired. So anyway, that was a long rant about it. Two things out of what you just said. The the first is, yeah, some of the feedback we got was I didn't, I mean, I knew kind of, but I didn't really understand what this department did entirely. Mm. And so to connect all of the departments, all of the dots, it was nice. And actually to have some of those department heads actually describe what happens in their department, give them an opportunity to lead as well was nice. It was fun to see and kind of bridging the gap in between what we've initially talked about. And you got to figure if the person at the top is working their face off, every single person that works for them is, is the same way, which means no one gets a vacation. I don't know how many people I have interacted with who say they're on vacation. I'm emailing people and they have assistants and whatever. And the assistant will email back and they're like, yeah, well, I'm on vacation right now, but I can get that for you. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Are you on vacation or are you working? I don't understand which it is right now. Oh, no, no, I'm on vacation, but I'm working. So then are you on vacation? Really? Because it doesn't sound like you're on vacation. It sounds like you're working in in another area of the country or the world. That's what it sounds like. And I think it's super easy as an owner of a company to assume that you get a vacation, but that everybody else in order for you to get a vacation has to work during their vacations, which is so selfish. And then of course, if you're working during your vacations, well then of course you expect everybody else to work during their vacations because why the hell wouldn't they? But man, what a horrible thing. (laughs) When you're on vacation, you should be on vacation because when I'm on vacation, yeah, Everybody in the company knows Ron's out. I'm not going to answer you. You can text me all you want. You can tell me my house burned down. I have insurance for that. I'm on vacation. So, you know, and my family's usually with me. So unless somebody died, I'll answer that text. But otherwise, probably not going to answer you till I get back. Yeah. I think the, the other thing that that overview did in that class we did for our team was allow people, like you said, some transparency into all the different departments. And one thing that that allows for as well is some cross training to understand what another department does. Because I think one of the main things that impedes people, especially at a small company like ours, from taking a true vacation and unplugging is getting back and suffering for it. Yep. That's always been my beef with vacation. I'd like to work on vacation because I don't want to come back and have a total dumpster fire that I have to climb out of for a full day. So that's why I usually like to just peek in my emails and just make sure because I don't want to deal with that. And so we've done been really focused on cross training and having good coverage and support for someone who's out so that they can come back and not have not be buried. Like they may have a few things, but if there's something important, it can be risen up through They don't have to worry about it. Somebody else can figure it out and they can actually be present on their vacation instead of worrying about what's going on. I'll never forget the first vacation I went on where I unplugged. I think it was probably the first time ever I can remember going on vacation and actually unplugging. And I was still a little nervous because it was the first time I'd ever done that as an owner and just left it in the hands of everybody. And I got back and I didn't have a dumpster fire and I was like, wow. (laughs) <laughs> I've heard of this before. 
So if you're, it's true. you know, if you're still in the trenches and you're trying to figure out how the heck do I get to this place that you guys talk about all the time, we talk about the pieces on here a lot. Next week, we're going to talk about integrators and what they do, right, Heather? And we talk, I think in that same episode, we talk about core values and we talk about the vision and we talk about all these pieces that seem like they're not that important. And in reality, they're the most important piece. The rest of business is really not that complicated. You know, yep. leads, Agreed. sales, and then follows through or delivery. That, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. it. Whatever the widget is, is irrelevant. That's the pieces of the business with some finance and some stuff yeah. thrown on top of it. But the real important stuff is getting the right team and the right team has to be all on the same page, which means they all have to have, share the same core values and they have to know the vision. And you're right, Heather, we have an incredible team. Yeah. I just realized something cause you connected a dot for me is that one of the reasons we have cross training down so well is because we've promoted from internal mm-hmm. internally. So we have people on our team that have sat in a different seat in the past and moved up or moved laterally even into a different seat because they were happier there. And when that other person goes on vacation, they can jump back in that seat because they know it. Yep. They know the seat. They sat in it. Some people in our team have sat in that seat for an entire year, moved over to a different seat. And so I just call them up and say, hey, we have you know Natalie going on vacation. Can you jump into her seat? for a couple of weeks and even a couple of days, whatever. And we have a nursery of babies that we've added to the team and same thing. I mean, 30 days off. Sure. Like no problem. Yep. We have a system for that. And I think a lot of it is because we've built culture and core values so that people want to stay here. If they feel like they're done with their seat, they don't want to quit. They just want to figure out another seat. Yeah. They want to grow. We've tried to make it internally so that leaders breed leaders, right? So that we're not holding back information from people so that they can't grow. Instead, we give all, give everything we can give so that people can grow and teach them to do the same thing for the next person. Give everything you Mm -hmm. can give so they can grow. And when you do that, which is the polar opposite of what I was taught when I first got into business, when I first got into business, Everything had to be held close to the vest because someone was going to steal it and leave and take all your business there. That, that was what I was taught. That's the culture that I was in before I started this business. And man, that was so destructive because you, you literally couldn't level anybody up. It was so hard. Yeah. And anytime that anybody True. got leveled up at all, it was almost like, this is uncomfortable. Now they know too much. I'm sitting there going, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? They're just, they're doing something we don't have to do anymore. I don't understand. That was so it's such a foreign concept to me, but it but for the first many years in business, that's that's literally what I was taught. And I'm glad that I joined some groups where I learned how to really make this happen. It's true. When people want to hang around, there are so many benefits. When people want to stay at your company, they've matched your core values. Spending the time on the vision and the core values after you made those comments, I'm like, yeah, that's probably the most important part because I can get into the logistics of like cross training and how you do that. And Rizuku is an awesome web-based system that you can use for training and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's like nothing if you don't have people that love where they're working. Yeah. I try to put all of this together and watch who it is that you opt to follow. Watch who it is that you opt to listen to. I was thinking about this as well over the weekend. It hit me really, really hard. At some point here, the real estate market's going to shift. There will be a downturn. 
Okay. I don't pretend to know when it is, but a lot of other people have pretended to know when it is. I think it started in around 2018. So pre COVID, right? People were saying real estate market was going to crash. They started making moves that way. They were very vocal about it. And then when COVID happened, like almost everybody, like everything's going to fall apart six months. And you had people online. I can't wait for the next six months. I'm going to like, I'm just going to go out there and like rope it. It's going to be all these deals, foreclosures. It's going to be awesome. Didn't happen. 2020, real estate market is going to crash. 2021, real estate market is going to crash. It's the same freaking people every single time. And now, 2023, here we are, right? Real estate market is going to crash. One of these days, these guys are going to be right. I just want you to remember how many times they were wrong before you jump yeah. on the train this time when they're right or next year when they're right or whenever they're right, because they're bound to be right at some point. And then everybody's going to forget that they've been preaching the same damn thing since 2018. And they've held people up from investing for not one year, not two years, not three years, not four years, not five years, but six years because of something yeah. that they said and people listen to them. Yeah. Be careful. And inflationary market where your cash is now worth less. That, you know, listening to that message can actually put you in a wor worse off position. I'm in the chapter in the book. I'm writing a book. I don't know if I told everybody that or not, but I'm writing a book. And I'm in the chapter where I'm talking about returns. And every time that I break this down into the most ridiculous, simple thing so that any, any grade school person could understand the math. This is not complicated. Mm -hmm. And I compare it to any other investment. I don't care if you buy at the bottom, the top, the middle, the sideways. I don't care if you just buy with cash flow. Mm -hmm. There's almost no way it doesn't beat everything else. It, there's just almost no way. And there are so many positives to real estate that I literally, these people who preach this, you've got to buy at the bottom and sell at the top nonsense. I mean, that's great. If you can time the market, God bless you. That's fantastic. But most people can't. Okay. And anybody mm -hmm. who does is just lucky. Like when I sold my house and I was on here telling everybody how I just, I lucked out. I literally, I hit the Powerball on my house. Okay. I, I lucked out. It's not because I timed it so beautifully. I just lucked out. And occasionally that happens. But over the years that I've been investing in real estate, whether it was an up market, a down market, it didn't make any difference. Sideways market, they always outperformed every other asset class that I've ever looked at. And it's, it's simple. The reason why there are four returns. You can take one of them away. It doesn't matter. There's three more. You can take two of them away. Yeah. I still got two. Right. So if the market doesn't appreciate, I'm still cash flowing. Somebody's still paying down my mortgage, which means they're, they're creating equity for me, buying equity for me. And I still get tax benefits. So until they take the tax benefits away, which they could, I still got two left. Yeah. I still got two left. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. It's better. Prove me wrong. I know. Right. I just don't understand. Right. And then here come all these idiots, 
you know, since 2018 telling people not to buy. Wait, you got to wait till the bottom. You got to wait till the bottom. Okay. Well, now you've waited. Now you've waited. We're five years in to your prediction at this point. You've wasted five years of returns so that you could buy, Mm -hmm. quote, at the bottom. We're not even close to the bottom. As a matter of fact, the only thing that's happening right now is a slowdown in appreciation. Not depreciation, by the way. We read the headline. It's a slowdown in appreciation. Now, will we drop some value soon? I don't know. 23, 24, at some point, we will. But I guarantee you, it's not going to be as much as the five years of returns that you've lost because you didn't invest because some moron told yes. you not to. In action. That's that's the crazy thing is the cost of not doing anything. Like if you're if people are really honest with themselves, the cost of sitting in inaction is like you don't like you said, I got lucky with my house. And in, in a lot of ways, yes. And in some ways you took action. You know, and so the action is allows you to actually get lucky doing. Yeah, something. I just people. I just hope you remember how many times were they wrong? How many times mm-hmm. were they wrong? Because one out of five or one out of six sucks. If you're in the prediction business, <laughs> you should get fired. You should get fired. <laughs> And they'll probably take credit for it when oh, it they happens. Will. 100%. Like, I've been predicting this for years. 2018. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. I'm like, oh, okay, because you needed some kind of a like crystal ball to figure out that the real estate market at some point was going to go down. I could have yeah. said that in 2008, 2009. <laughs> yeah. Any yeah. year, oh, ever. Yeah. Like, it just dropped off a cliff. It's going to go down again, I promise. <laughs> don't buy till the bottom oh my gosh i'm yes. just like i'm done with these people well and the last thing i'll say i promise wrong is when the market dropped like a rock in 2008 the bottom wasn't until 2012 right, right. so it wasn't like, like the stock yeah, market it wasn't like the stock yeah. market and and then we had people who waited all the way until like 14 15 and they missed oh my gosh these deals we sold in yep. like, you know, 10, 11, 12. Oh my gosh. These were yep. life-changing deals. And we couldn't yeah. I couldn't talk people into buying properties back then because they were so butthurt about everything else they had lost. They couldn't yeah. see the forest for the trees. And there was the bottom right there. And they didn't buy it. And then they bought it on the upswing. And guess what? We had people who bought in 2008. Well, we had one on the show. John John Galane was on the show. Talked about the house yeah. that he bought literally right before the crash. And he still yeah. made 30% average annual for 10 years. I mean, I'm just people. Exactly. Just buy real estate and wait. Don't wait to buy real estate. Buy real estate and wait. It's changed well, so many thousands of lives that we have witnessed, Heather, including both of ours. And we have mm-hmm. talked about it yeah. openly on here, both the wins and and the losses, you take all my losses against my wins, man, I'd do that. I'd trade those all day long, every day. And I would take all of the pain from the challenges that I've had with my properties, including the fire and everything else. I'd take them all over again, all over again. Amen. Same here. So with that, till next time, people out there, make something happen. This has been the get real podcast. 
to subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.